0: How is education different in a state like California than it is a state like Oklahoma? How can someone be a teacher, a mother, a charter school founder, a political consultant, and an education advocate, get attacked by the teachers union, and still keep fighting for education? What does it mean to vote like a mother? Welcome to the Conservative Classroom. Where we're teaching the truth and preserving our values. I'm your host, Mr. Webb, and I'm glad you're here. This podcast is a haven for conservative teachers and patriots like you who believe in the importance of free speech, traditional values, and education without indoctrination. Each week, we dive into the issues that are plaguing our education system and keeping you up at night. In each episode, We offer common sense ideas to improve education in our classrooms and communities. You may feel like you're the last conservative educator or parent, but I want you to know that you are not alone. By the way, if you like what you hear today, please share this podcast with a like-minded patriot. Together, we can teach the truth and preserve our values. In today's episode, we are having a conversation with a mother, teacher, charter school founder, political consultant, and education advocate, Julie Collier. Now let's get started. I'm excited to welcome a special guest to the conservative classroom, Julie Collier. Julie is an education freedom ambassador for Independent Women's Forum and founder of of American Education Advocates Julie thank you for joining us
1: thank you so much for having me and having this forum for
0: teachers no problem I appreciate you coming on Uh, to start can you tell us a little about yourself and your background
1: so my background I was a public school teacher in the state of California uh, since 1999 and uh, worked very hard. That was my dream job. I stopped uh, teaching when I had my second child with the intention of eventually going back. Uh, Interestingly enough, uh, with my older child, I took a turn to basically become a parent advocate. Uh, My oldest son's first grade teacher Told him when he was having, told me when he was having a hard time learning to to read that the school had nothing to offer my son, and that just put me on a different path in education to help educate parents on their rights. I was kind of a mama bear back in the early two thousands before it was cool to be a mama bear, <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> Yeah, and then um, from there, I helped start a charter school that became the number one K-8 through public charter school in the state of California. With that came a lot of uh, attacks from teachers unions and the people who support teachers unions. Uh, eventually, I uh, continued my work as a parent advocate and uh, worked for a congressman, Uh Finally, I decided, we, our family decided to move to Texas because California was insane. And uh, then from there, we moved from Texas to be with family in the state of Oklahoma, where now I have a dual role as a public school teacher, a proud public school teacher. And I am continuing my political consulting work uh, through American Education Advocates to help people run for office.
0: Wow, there's so much to unpack there. I've I've talked to teachers on the podcast, I've talked to parents on the podcast, and you have a unique story. Part of your story is you as a teacher, and part of your story would be like your parent advocacy. Let's rewind a little bit to you taught in California and you moved to Texas, you moved to Oklahoma, and now you're a public school teacher in Oklahoma. So what kind of changes did you see from California to Oklahoma? Or what what differences did you see?
1: So, um, you know, in California, I worked with some great people. Uh, And then when I became a parent, uh, I really saw the issues in education. I saw it when I was a teacher and I was the one, you know, rebel teacher who you know helped the parents. I even got a talking to from my principal at, at the time. She pulled me aside before an IEP saying, You're gonna be on our side, right? And I said, sure, I mean we're all on the same side, right? We're all on the student side. We're all here to help the students. And that offended her. Um, But that was when I got, that was my second year teaching, and that's when I got the inkling that there might be a problem (laughs) in education, and I just made a pact with myself and with God to really move forward to help, you know, I hate to use the word expose, but to, because um, I didn't have a following at the time, but I really wanted to um, do my part as an educator to help my students and the, the, the parents to um, just make sure their kids were successful. Uh, moving to Texas, uh, you know, I thought, oh, this is great. Um, Texas, the great state of Texas, conservative state, red state. Um, the, the first school board meeting I attended, uh, there were they were trying to put in a whole CRT system in in the school I I couldn't believe what I was experiencing and so I had to get in the fight again I thought my fight was over and it wasn't and I realized wow if this is happening in Texas it's happening everywhere thank goodness in Texas they're truly amazing God-fearing teachers who are really focused on, on the students and their success which has been a blessing. Uh, due to family circumstances, we ended up moving to the great state of Oklahoma. And uh, again, we experienced amazing, God-fearing, wonderful teachers, an amazing small rural community that was such a benefit to my son and such a blessing. And I just, you know, I couldn't help but uh, be a part of that as an educator too and I'm so grateful and honored to be a teacher in that community. So I think uh, what it boils down to is how teachers teach. In California, the teachers my children experienced made excuses. They catered to the uh, ideologies of their teachers' unions. They didn't care if they failed kids. Uh, and, and again, not all the teachers were like this, but some of the teachers we experienced, it, it was it was night and day compared the, to the teachers in Texas and Oklahoma. And it, it boils down to what teachers are following the teachers' unions' ideology. Are they there for the teachers' unions, or are they there for the students?
0: Are there any th- any things you can think of that you saw in California? That maybe some of your coworkers or fellow parents in Oklahoma, when you tell them, they think, "Wow, I can't believe it was that bad in California."
1: Oh, it was that bad. I have stories for days. Um, my kids were, you know, literally the subject of some of the, their teachers attacking. They didn't come to me; they took it out on my kids. When I was, you know, interested in starting a public charter school or when I would speak at school board meetings, and um, thankfully my kids, even though they were super young at the time, um, they knew what was going on. They would come and talk to me. Uh, It it was really obvious what was going on, Um, and so it it made it more desperate to start a, a public charter school that my kids would be safe and to learn safe away from teachers who, uh, you know, were taking advantage of not having parents be in the classroom and protecting them. I was literally told by my son's kindergarten teacher that I was no longer allowed to volunteer in her classroom. And, uh, I I mean, you need volunteers, especially in kindergarten. And um, it, it was just... It was, pretty, it was pretty terrible. As my uh, son got older and we tried the public school, uh, the public high school, uh, his teacher remembered me. I didn't know who she was, one of his English teachers. I didn't know who she was. She knew who I was. She took out her aggressions on my son's um, English grade and pretty much ruined his GPA. We had to fight that. It was a whole thing. Um, we ended up sending my older son to a local private or public school. I'm sorry, private school. Um, but it was really disheartening to know that we had to pay tuition just to ensure my son would get a fair and equal education in high school. Really sad.
0: Yeah, that's terrible, actually.
1: And the list goes on. They would fork my house with the plastic forks and teepee. And, you know, it was just, it was insane.
0: And did this happen when, you, after you started the charter school?
1: No, it happened. I mean, yeah, there were some things that went on prior to the charter school, which is why I wanted to start this charter school. But, uh, yeah, it um, it happened while we were starting the charter school. And once we got to the charter
0: school, our kids were safe. So you mentioned uh, after you started the charter school, or maybe in the process, that you garnered attention from the union. I'm guessing it wasn't positive attention. So what happened with the union? How did they react? And what are some things that they did to attack you?
1: So unfortunately, the uh, teachers' unions were not a fan of uh, parents who fought back, parents who wanted to uh, take back their school districts for their students, and the parents who wanted to support the good teachers who were focused on their students and not on their teachers' unions. So... uh, I decided to run for school board, and my whole point in running for school board, I honestly didn't think I was going to win because I was running against a union uh, incumbent, and uh, my whole point in running was to expose their antics, to expose how they campaign, to expose their uh, reasons why they support candidates and uh, why they don't support... Students, they they want to support their power over anything, even disregarding student achievement. I decided to just expose what was happening in the campaigns. They they did not like that. <laughs> One of the things they did was they would steal all my signs, and those signs are expensive. And I was I. The funding I got was definitely not, you know, teacher union-backed candidate funding. It was, you know, local parents. It was, you know, small dollars here and there. And I, I had maybe I, I think it was like a quarter of what the teachers' union spent running against me. So signs were expensive, and they knew that, so definitely exposed that. But what happened was, you know, people in the community that would I that would make them so irate because people were going into their lawns and stealing signs. It was just crazy. Um, They would start whisper campaigns, oh, she's going to take over the one and only junior high school in this city and um, turn it into a charter school. And so my reaction was, uh, who started that rumor? Um, Find out the source. And if you're concerned, that's not something a single school board member could ever do in a community so you should contact your um, superintendent and so many people contacted the superintendent that this the school district had to make a statement that there was no intention of turning that school into a charter
0: school it sounds like they were being so petty and childish in ways like stealing signs to me that's a red flag that you know if your positions aren't strong or you don't have the facts behind you, then you have to resort to things like that to try to keep keep somebody from winning.
1: Right. And then, you know, the paid parent organizations were involved spreading, you know, the rumors about, oh, you know, this candidate, and, oh, she's, you know, not, she's a conservative. Oh, no. You know, it was all that, those crazy, crazy fearful antics to scare parents. And unfortunately it worked. However, on election night, it was so close. We couldn't call uh, the election. Um, I was shocked how close it was. And I, and I was also like, Oh wait, did I actually want to win? Like, did I actually want to do this or was I trying to expose them? Um, But anyway, it all worked out the way it was, supposed to. And, um, I'm so thankful for the opportunity I had and for exposing what happened, uh, what happens when you run against a, uh, teachers union backed, well-funded candidate.
0: A lot of our parents that are listeners may not understand the effects that the union has And the fact that there are so many, even in California, I mean, you're an example of that, where you have conservative teachers who don't like the things that the union is pushing any more than a conservative parent does. So what message would you have to parents?
1: So my message to parents is to not hide from the issue to speak directly to the teacher and to the principal, go to school board meetings. When I say speak to teachers and the principal, I'm talking email. You want everything in writing. I would have to send emails every year saying, "Uh, I know you know who I am. I want to make sure there's not going to be a problem this year with my child. And, of course, they didn't like that, and they would try to call and, you know, I'd say, I'm going to need that in writing, so could you please respond to my email? And um, and then going to the school board meetings... Uh, set your expectations. You are the parent. You have every right to set your expectations of how you want your child's school year to go, how you expect their education to go, and how you expect the teacher to teach. We all have different opinions. We don't have to agree, but you certainly don't have to take it out on a child. Because you don't agree with the parents The the children are just You know there to learn They're not there to be political So it's really important To not back down And I think what also happens um, Is when you do Set that expectation uh, Especially with You know the administration With the principal, the vice principal The superintendent I would meet with the superintendent all the time um, and, And you Speak in public record at the school board meetings, um, you find that um, they do have to fall in line for the most part. You still have your moments and you still have to, you know, make, you know, kind of fight back a little, but um, you have to speak up. And you'll find also that uh, there are some teachers who completely agree with you and they will stand beside you as needed. Not a lot of teachers, but most teachers will, especially here in Oklahoma. Most teachers are definitely um, focused on the students and they, they see what's going on. Oklahoma has, uh, they have the regular teachers unions here, but they also have a conservative kind of a teacher union group that is there just to uh, support teachers who need Uh, who might need legal help, and they're not, you know, they don't tell teachers how to vote. They're just there to support the teacher as needed. So um, it's definitely a different situation in California, but uh, I genuinely cannot express enough that uh, parents cannot stay quiet anymore. Those days are over. I was loud back in the early 2000s, Uh, and stayed loud and my kids learned such valuable lessons they learned that their education itself is valuable they learned they had to work hard they learned that they have a voice as well and and they learned that they matter they are an important part of the education system they they are it and um One of my sons, who's uh, the son who was told uh, we have nothing to offer him, Um, he's almost finished getting his MBA. And um, he's already decided when he has kids, the path he's going to take. And he's chosen to homeschool, so he's going to have to find a future wife that wants to homeschool and um, get on board with that. But um, he has, has learned that. And um, I'm, i am that makes my mom a heart proud. That makes it all worthwhile. And they will never forget their experience and take that with them to heart.
0: Yeah, you should be very proud. And it's sad to think what might have happened to him if you didn't fight back. What if you just believed what the teacher was telling you and went a different path?
1: There are times when I think about that. Not so much lately, but, um, you know, when he was in elementary school and and when we started the charter school and he went from, you know, barely getting by to strong academic success at the charter school. uh, It it, it was so obvious what was going on. He saw that. And um, yeah,
0: it was an important lesson. So. So you mentioned charter school, you mentioned homeschooling, Um, What would you say to a parent? What advice would you give if someone out there doesn't like what's being taught to their child or if they feel like the school has given up on their child? How do they know to stick it out or private school or charter school or homeschool? That seems like it must be overwhelming for a parent.
1: It is overwhelming. But if you think about your child's academic future being failed, every year and, and you're set back you know one last year sets a kid back almost three years so you have to take action you can't trust that something's going to take a turn you have to be very involved as a parent is it easy absolutely 100 percent not Would it have been better if, you know, or easier if I went to Bunko Night or Taco Tuesday as opposed to the school board meetings? That would have been easier, probably more fun. But um, I do not regret it for one second. And uh, parents, you know, like I started getting this feeling in my son's first grade class that something was going on. The teacher wasn't letting parents into the classroom, um, it, it, was just getting, he, my son who, you know, is very social and loved school in kindergarten, um, ended up, uh, coming home crying and from school or some days he'd just be really irritated. And you know that there's something going on at the school. You can't ignore that. And kids can't always verbalize what's happening, but, um, You have to stay on top of it. You have to be relentless. This teacher first told me, oh, he's got ADHD. He needs to be put on medication. Went to the doctor. You know, oh, um, no, he does not have that. He doesn't need medication. Oh, well, here are my reading master's textbooks for you to peruse through at your convenience, and you let me know what you think I should do in my classroom. Like, they just try to pacify Parents and not all teachers are like that, obviously, but the ones who are that's your red flag when they don't want to participate with you in your own child's education. Get them out of there, don't waste time. You know, yeah, you might have to homeschool, or yeah, you might have to pay for private school, or you know, get on a wait list for a charter school. I can promise parents when you waste time and just think it's going to fix itself, it never will and your child is going to become a victim of academic failure and and it will impact him the rest of his
0: life. That's powerful stuff there. I hope parents take that to heart. You mentioned back in the early 2000s, I guess, is when this started?
1: It was 2005
0: actually. <laughs> so what keeps you motivated in this fight? Are your your uh, your sons are grown now, correct?
1: Uh, yeah. My youngest just started his first year in college. Yep.
0: So you, but you're still motivated. You're still what I call a freedom fighter. What keeps you going?
1: Uh, well, uh, the desperation, knowing that there are other kids who are still out there that were in the same shoes as my kids. And I know it's not easy. I'm, I will admit I am not normal. I am relentless. <laughs> I will not give up. But I still want to try to fix what's wrong so other kids don't have to be failed.
0: We talked about your charter school. I don't think I've asked you about the American Education Advocates. Would you mind telling us about that a little bit?
1: Right. And going back to the charter school situation, obviously it's not typical to start a charter school and honestly not every community needs a charter school. There are some public schools that perform amazingly. It's, it's not always for everyone and um, you know charter schools are not the only answer. The, the underlying answer is to fix what's wrong once and for all in the public education system. We have to fix that. And uh, the best way to do it is to make sure you are electing school board members who are focused on educating the kids, supporting the good teachers, and uh, doing something about any failure within their school district. Uh, That also means you have to support state legislators uh, who are focused on the same things, focused on the students, supporting good teachers, doing something to eliminate the teachers who really need to find a new job, a new profession. Um, and they're out there. Like, we don't need teachers who want to indoctrinate and foc- force their, uh, you know, their ideology, their left-wing, dangerous ideologies on young children, We don't need teachers like that. If they want to teach and focus on teaching, great. Let's get them to do that. But if not, there has to be a way for um, school districts to be able to eliminate those teachers from the schools who uh, don't seem to want to focus on the actual main point of their job, which is to educate kids. And I'll tell you what, if you cannot find an elected official at the state level or at your uh, school district level who shares the same values that you do, then you run for office. You do it. And that's what I help with with American Education Advocates. I help people, you know, everyday average people who just want to work for change in education and focus on getting just getting pinpointing what's wrong in education, fixing it and getting kids to understand that they are the main point, the value of what education is all about.
0: Okay. Julie, what does the term vote like a mother? What, what is that?
1: So I, in the last election, the 2022 election, I uh, decided to focus on moms voting and moms voting for their children. And it was all about voting like a mother and not voting for teacher union candidates. Do not vote for candidates that are supported, funded, endorsed in any way by the teachers unions. Those are not friends to your kids. I mean, bottom line to be blunt. So yes, I started a, a video campaign of you know getting moms together who um, agreed. And so we all talked about why we needed to vote like a mother and focus on our kids. And uh, our, our kids have to be the number one focus in education.
0: So many... School districts, so many states actually take California, for instance, there's the teachers' union and there's these liberal policies. So it's like there's this two pronged evil that parents and teachers have to fight against to get the best for their students. And I feel like a lot of what we talked about addresses both of those things. So I I really appreciate that. So, what do you think about that? The two pronged evil. Uh,
1: the teachers' unions, and uh, you're talking about teachers' unions and the, the leftist ideologies?
0: Yeah, the, the policies that, that come down from the federal or state level.
1: All right. Well, if you look at those policies and who backs them and who backs the legislators uh, who back those policies, if you look back at their uh, campaign funding list— I bet you'll see that they're well-funded by a variety of teachers' unions and people who support the teachers' unions. That's your red flag. You have to look where the money is coming from, and then you don't vote for the people or the initiatives or anything like that that are funded by the teachers' unions.
0: So if you're a teacher, uh, get out of the union. So if we take their money away, that's going to help uh, fight them. And then vote like a mother. And run for school board if you need to.
1: Yes. And, yes, teachers have to um, be loud, too. They have to get their voices out there, too, the conservative teachers. And uh, we have to help defund the teachers' unions, So less money that is uh, going to the teachers' unions, Uh, the the less they'll be able to uh, fund politicians who not only don't care about the kids, but they really don't care about the good teachers who just want to teach. They don't want to be politically involved. They just want to teach the kids. They're not into this politics. They just want to be left alone to teach. And that's why parents... And teachers have to unite, and we all have to vote like a mother and stay away from voting for teacher union-backed candidates. I love that
0: advice. And I usually end the episode with a few key takeaways. So what's the one thing you want the listener to remember if they don't remember anything else about this episode?
1: I think the one main thing I want the listeners to remember, if you're a parent, talk to your teacher and support the good teachers. If you're a teacher, uh, talk to the parents and get their support to help you teach, to um, have parents help be a voice for you in allowing you to teach, and to move forward, united as both parents and teachers who actually care about educating the kids, and they do not care about the crazy, Power hungry leftist ideologies of the teachers' unions who want to fail our students, keep them out of the classrooms, and who want to maintain the power and control that they have had for actual decades. And our education system has not been any better since they came into
0: power. Right, it's arguably worse. So as we wrap things up, Julie, can you share with our listeners where they can find more information about uh, American Education Advocates, Independent Women's Forum, uh, any projects you have going on, how they connect with you on social media? Basically, this is your time to plug anything you want to.
1: That's great. Um, uh, the, the first website I want to plug is uh, Rebecca Friedrichs for Kids in Country. Uh, I actually wrote, it's like a seven or eight page uh, parent guide to advocacy on her website. It's a toolkit. She has several other toolkits for teachers as well. So I highly recommend you uh, check out for Kids in Country and all their toolkits. That is important. Um, And uh, my website is AmericanEducationAdvocates.com. And feel free to go on there. There's, you can uh, send me an email if you need to. I'm also on Twitter, at Julie with Pals. Uh, I, I do have a lot of fun on there with um, some of the leftists. Um, but that's okay. <laughs> Join me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm, uh, American Education Advocates is also on TikTok. Uh, We do some stuff there and on Instagram as well. But uh, yeah, feel free to join us. Also, if you're a teacher and you want to leave the teachers union, uh, you can also find more uh, resources and help at uh, the Freedom Foundation. Uh, They do a great job. Uh, The Independent Women's Forum is really a gathering place for women, whether you're a mom or, or a parent or uh, a, well, that mom and parent are the same thing, a mom or a teacher, um, there's a lot of resources on there. I um, I encourage people to go check out the Independent Women's Forum as well.
0: And you mentioned Freedom Foundation. That's actually where we met was at the Teacher Freedom Summit.
1: Yes, and how amazing was that Teacher Freedom Summit. It was so inspiring to see hundreds of teachers who feel the same way, and they, they want to fight for students. They want to fight to continue to make their profession about the kids. And it was so inspiring. They did a great job. I can't wait for next year And um, so many amazing speakers, like my state superintendent, Ryan Walters, who's amazing and fighting the good fight. Uh, Of course, uh, Nicole Solis.
0: And thank you for being a panelist at the Teacher Freedom Summit.
1: Yeah, it was great. It was it was just amazing. I just love connecting with everyone.
0: And thank you for being on the podcast. It's been a pleasure having you on The Conservative Classroom. And I know our listeners will appreciate the insights you had as a teacher, as a parent, as an advocate, as somebody that started a charter school, ran for school board. I mean, It's been awesome. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me and for hosting so many other people who need to get their stories out and to, you know, help inspire other people to fight this fight. And um, I just think it's amazing.
0: Thank you. Comments like that keep me motivated. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, yes. Please keep going. Please keep going.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. That's it for today's episode of The Conservative Classroom. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it and learned something. If you liked what you heard, please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Most importantly, share this podcast with a like-minded educator, parent, or patriot. You can also connect with us on social media and share your thoughts on today's topic. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to teach the truth and preserve our values, consider showing support for the conservative classroom and your fellow conservative teachers by showing off some conservative swag. Visit our merch store by clicking the link in the show notes. In addition to clothing and coffee mugs with our logo, name, and slogan, we also have items with our colors and schoolhouse logo only. We know it's hard to be openly conservative in some school districts, but your silent show of support may help you find other conservatives in your community. In other words, you might not be comfortable wearing a shirt that says the conservative classroom on it, but if you wear one that has a low key logo on it, you won't be pushing your politics on your liberal friends or your students. But you might just discover another closet conservative. Even if you don't, you'll know that you are quietly supporting the values best for your kids, your school, and your community. Find more ways to support the podcast at theconservativeclassroom.com. That's theconservativeclassroom.com. Until next time, this is Mr. Webb reminding you that you are not alone. See you next time on The Conservative Classroom. Teaching the truth preserving our values